Welcome back to the Men After Me podcast. I'm your host, Nico Williams. I'm excited to have y'all with me. This is the audio letter to the boys that become men in the generations that follow. And y'all, let me tell you, I'm super excited about this one fact. Here in North Carolina, the war has begun. The war of spring fighting with winter, it's begun. There are days when it's going to be cold, and there are days when it's, like, warm. Like, today is a nice spring day. Like, I think there's some, like, daffodils or some tulips or something in front of my house. They've already started to bloom. And so it's a, such a beautiful thing. Um, I'm just excited to have, excited to experience that. But even as I say the word war, I immediately think about what is happening in Russia and Ukraine. And, uh, man, I my heart goes up to them and, and I'm praying for them and I encourage you to pray for those um, in both of those countries I pray I pray I ask that you would be praying for their leaders um, the Russian the Russian leaders I ask that you be praying for even the Ukrainian leaders because um, it's, it's a, a war is a hard situation and luckily here in America we haven't had to experience it on our home turf in a long time since Hawaii since Pearl Harbor and so um yeah i just would y'all would y'all be praying for them anyway uh the question of today is what are you waiting for what are you waiting for really what we're discussing is this idea of delayed gratification versus instant gratification so we're asking a question what are you waiting for and um the way that we're trying to frame this conversation is by these opposing ideas maybe you've heard of this before maybe you haven't uh but Delayed gratification and instant gratification are the ways in which we think about what do we do when we want something. So instant gratification, I'll start with instant gratification. Instant gratification says I have to have it now. Okay, uh, it can be characterized by the microwave generation. You know, you put your food in the microwave for two minutes because you have to have it now, opposed to going in the refrigerator and putting together a meal that takes time and effort and energy and the stove. That That's an example of delayed gratification. Instant gratification says, I have to have it now. Y'all, instant gratification leads to things like credit card debt. Uh, credit cards and debt and even having more possessions than you can afford than you have room to own because you says you say I gotta have whatever it is I gotta have it right now it leads to it leads to finding yourself in situations that just are not very well thought out why because you said I gotta have it now I gotta go right now um, one of the biggest lessons, my, my parents taught me this lesson. They did a really good job teaching me this lesson. But one of the ways I saw it exemplified or the opposite of it exemplified was in college. I was I would always see it in college, man. Uh, and things like preparing for spring break, spring break trips. Uh, people would spend a lot of money on spring break. And then they, they go off and they go on their little trip. And then they come back and they don't have no money. <laughs> I had no money, or or even things like um, when they get their refund check and they spend all their refund check on clothes and shoes and things, and they and they didn't spend it on their books, or they didn't spend it on things they actually need. Y'all, that's the idea of instant gratification. I gotta have it now. I gotta have it now. Y'all, instant gratification is the reason why we procrastinate. Instant gratification is the reason why I have a bunch of books that I'm reading for seminary class I haven't opened up today. That's because I say in my heart, I would rather rest now and work later. 
instant gratification is the reason why Amazon Prime and Netflix is so popular. Amazon Prime promises you, it promises you, you'll have your item in two days. It promises you'll have your item in two days. That's why people are paying for it. Honestly, uh, if we're being honest, it, it just makes economic sense for the consumer. I can't speak for the other side of that, but I only pay $100 a month, I mean a year, and I can get my things now. Uh, it just makes economic sense. But that's why it's so popular is because I got to have it now. I got to have it today. Uh, that's why Netflix is popular because it releases all of the episodes at one time and you get to binge it. You get to binge watch it because I got to have it now. I got to have it right now. And y'all, that's done some some things to us. That's done some things to our culture. And we. I just want to attack that right on his head. I want to attack it. I want to talk about it. Let, let's talk about delay gratification. Delay gratification is the opposite of all of these things. Delay gratification is the opposite of procrastination. Procrastination says, I'm going to rest now and I'm going to work later. But delay gratification says, let me work now so I can rest later. How many of y'all know when you've actually done the work, it feels so much better to have actually done everything you need to do so you no longer have anything hanging over your head, hanging over your shoulders. You just sleep better. I don't, maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me. But I know when I am, uh, when I am trying to procrastinate, I say, I'm just rest now. I can't even fully rest because I'm thinking about the things that I got to do that, that I need to do. That's that's delay gratification. That's the difference between instant gratification and delay gratification. Now, now to the boys that will become men, to the boy, listen, if you can if you can learn to effectively practice delay gratification, if you can learn, this is one of those tidbits that will hopefully will change your life, like it changed mine. And I'm not perfect at this either, but if you can learn how to effectively practice delay gratification. You will set yourself apart from 98% of the world. 98% of the world. Okay, I'm I'm assuming on that or whatever. I don't know if that's exactly the if that's exactly the the statistic, but for the most people, most people don't know how to practice delayed gratification. Because our whole world is is set up to make us consumers. It, our whole world is set up to say, we gotta have it. Listen, we, we, we put off and we make excuses. This 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 is the heart of instant gratification. We put off and we make excuses. And even even some of y'all will make this, you'll say things like, oh, I I do my best work under pressure. That might be true. Actually, it's not true. Uh-uh, that's not true, okay? You might, you might come up with your best ideas, but your best work comes from preparation and not from pressure. I don't care how many times or how you try to stack it, your best work doesn't come from pressure. It comes from preparation. If you can learn how to prepare, you not only will it, see, it'll just free you up. It'll free you up to come up with your best ideas. Maybe not even your best ideas, but it'll it'll give you the opportunity to implement them. How many times have you been working on a project for school and you're working on it the night before and an idea pops in your head and you're like, Yo, this would be really cool, but it's too late because the project is due tomorrow and you can't implement it because all the stores are closed. Well, maybe not now because, again, we live in a world of instant gratification. And so Walmart is open for 24 hours because you got to have it right now. Anyway, but the point I'm trying to make here is, uh, man, 
your your best work comes from preparation and it doesn't come from pressure. If you could if you could sit and think in think about whatever it is that you're working on days in advance, I promise you you can come up with some greater things. You'll at, at least you'll be able to see them come to fruition. But when you're just working under pressure, it's like, man, you're doing the bare minimum because you got to get to the bare minimum. And you're not doing your best. You're not doing your best because you, you're delayed. That's delayed gratification. But, yeah, there's this. there's also a biblical reason. Um, actually, it's not also. This is the biblical. The reason is biblical. The reason is spiritual. The reason is spiritual as to why uh, so many of us fall prey to instant gratification. We, we submit to instant gratification is because... As the Bible says, we walk by the flesh. Um, flesh, just in case you are new to Bible study or you're new to any of these things. When we talk about flesh, it has a spiritual meaning. It has a physical meaning. Flesh is like, okay, my skin, my body. It's That's, that's kind of like the physical meaning. But the spiritual meaning behind flesh is like, what is your body driving you to do? It's your desires. Uh, sometimes this is sinful. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not. But I know that because of uh, the fall, because of sin, uh, what God made as a good thing has been defaced. Uh, I mean, we've talked about things like this with things like um, your sexual desires. Your sexual desires are a good thing, but they've been defaced um, and, and they have been corrupted by sin. And so scripture talks about this all the time. Like if you just type in the flesh, you, you'll find a good amount of verses that talk about the flesh and what it is and how it affects us. Yo, uh, I'm going to spend a few times just looking at uh, some scripture that just gets at it. Um, Ephesians chapter 2, uh, this is, is very popular, but like it just really explains it. Ephesians chapter 2 verses like 1 through 3, I'm going to read it. It says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sin in which you once walked, following the course of, the, uh, of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by children, by nature, children of wrath. Like Paul in Ephesians, he's telling us, man, the reason, the reason why we are so, we fall so prey to instant gratification is because we are walking according to our flesh. It's like he says, we all lived according to the passions of our flesh. And because of that, we carried out the desires of our body and the mind. And then he says that that makes us children of, of wrath. Yeah, this is why we, we struggle with instant gratification. It's because we, we struggle with our flesh. We struggle with our flesh. Galatians, uh, Galatians. Some people going to get at me about saying it like that. I always was raised. It was called Galatians, but apparently people pronounce it Galatians. Anyway, Galatians gets at this too um, in chapter 5. He says this, he says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the, the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for they are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Man, I, I'm going to get to it in a minute. How we master the flesh. I'm going to tell you, you can't... <laughs> This scripture showed us really though, but you can't you can't master your flesh with more flesh, because your flesh is what got you there in the first place. How are you gonna master your flesh with your flesh? Because I think that's what our tendency to do is we say, "Oh, I am being led by my flesh. I'm being mastered by my flesh. Uh, so what do I need to do? I need to work harder so that I can actually overcome my 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 flesh, my my desires. That's what we do. We, but 
and this makes sense. It totally makes sense. My flesh got me here, so then we think my flesh can get us out. But the problem is, it goes back to Ephesians. Ephesians says that by nature, we're children of wrath. Our flesh got us here. But it's also because, because of the fact that we were born into sin, that we're here and we can't get out. So anyway, listen, we, 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 men, boys who will become men, men, anybody else who's listening, women, girls who become women, this is important. We, we need to master our flesh, not just so we can be successful, not so that we can be the one standing out. We need to master our flesh so we can make room in our heart to love Jesus, so we can love Jesus and act like Jesus. Y'all, when we are being driven by our flesh, we are pushing Jesus out of our hearts because our flesh is the antithesis, like living by our flesh is the antithesis of living by the spirit, living by um, by God and his word. That's what that's what Galatians is talking about. It's like, man, they're 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 fighting each other. We're at war with one another. Your spirit and your flesh are at one, war with one another. That's what happened in the in the Garden of Eden with Eve. God says, hey, you can eat of all of the trees of, of the whole garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. And what happens? Eve sees the tree. She saw that it was good for eating, and she ate. So she let her flesh push her. She let her flesh, instant gratification, she saw it, so she had to have it. She let, her, she let all that push her, and so she disobeyed God. And, and men, this is an important lesson for us. Okay, when you get married, listen, it's important for us to lead in our in our in your relationships because the problem that at Adam's primary problem was that the Bible says that he was standing right there with her. And then when she gave it to him, he ate too. We're all in this situation because our first our first parents were led by their flesh, instant gratification, instant gratification. They led by their flesh, and they plunged us into to sin, to destruction, and death. Anyway, we need to master our flesh. We we need to master our flesh, but our flesh we can't master our flesh by flesh. Reason why we need to master our flesh is so that it leaves it creates room in our heart for us to really love Jesus. And, and one of the ways, one of the reasons why I'm saying this is even Jesus says this: you you will know them by the love that they show. Uh, or, or, or um, uh, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So like Jesus connects love, he connects your your emotions with your actions. And y'all, I would even say this kind of goes back to a couple of episodes. I was, you know, I was talking about whoever controls your ears controls your mind. Whoever controls your mind controls your heart. And whoever controls your heart controls your actions. Well, our instant gratification, instant gratification, our flesh, that is controlling our heart, our desires, which ultimately controls our actions. And so Jesus connects uh, love for him by our actions. And so if we can, if we can get rid of, of our flesh controlling us, and again, we can't on our own. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you how we're gonna do this in a minute. But if we can, then that is how it makes room for us to love Jesus more. And then finally, it helps us to uh, act like Jesus. Let me let me show you how. Okay, uh, Hebrews twelve and two. Hebrews twelve. I actually wanted to. I'm gonna I'm recite it for y'all because I've been on my scripture memory. So I'm gonna mess a few lines up. But I'm working on these things. Okay. It says. Uh, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, 
looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Y'all, Jesus, in verse 2, what we're talking about, Jesus shows us what it looks like to be uh, for, for delayed gratification. Jesus mastered his flesh. Why? Because he was the perfect man. He didn't deal with sin. And so if we get this is the perfect motivation. Okay. Jesus it said because of the joy that was set before him that Jesus endured the cross. That that right there. That's delayed gratification. And that joy that was set before him wrapped up in that joy was having you. Wrapped up in that joy was having you. That's why Jesus was willing to do something hard, really hard for for you on your behalf. Because because remember, Jesus didn't even, basically, Jesus didn't even want to get to the cross. He gets to this moment before he's about to die, and he's like, Lord, uh, if it would be your will, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, yours be done. That's, that's delayed gratification. That's delayed gratification. So our motivation is, for delayed gratification is the fact that Jesus did it for us so that he could have us. And so we will, um, we, will, we will kill our flesh. We will master our flesh so that we can have more of him and we can have it more freely. Yeah, let me, um, so, so let me give you some examples of how, okay? Because I gave you a big vision for why we can't, why we don't need to have instant gratification, gratify our flesh, how, why we shouldn't, uh, our motivation for how we, we should delay gratification but let's talk about how let's talk about how okay and, and then we're gonna get into the word of god and it's also gonna be related to all of this because it's so important it's so important anyway um here's how here's some things to think about here's some practices here's here's how you can practice delay gratification versus instant gratification okay um number one here's here's a couple things you you can do wake up when you're supposed to like your alarm clock goes off Get out of bed and go on about your day. Y'all, even I struggle with this. You want to know the, one of the main reasons why I struggle with this, why other people struggle with this, is because we don't go to bed when we're supposed to. <laughs> That's the main problem. We don't go to bed when we're supposed to. Because, we're again, we're dealing with delayed gratification or instant gratification. We want what we want right now. And apparently we want to stay up scrolling more than we want to go to bed. Okay. And when we're sleeping, we don't want to wake up because we want sleep more than we want to get up. So you can practice that by just getting up. Just get up. One of the ways I do that is I put my alarm clock on the other side of the room, so I have to get up to turn it off. I also practice this in a smaller way as well in this area. Um, I set my alarm clock. If I'm going to get up at 6 o'clock, I set it up for 540, and then I snooze it at 550, and then I get up at 6. So that's that's one way to practice. Another way to practice is by fasting. Y'all, fasting is probably one of the things that, uh, one of the spiritual disciplines that we've lost maybe in our culture. I don't know. Um, is there a regular rhythm of fasting that you can put yourself on? Some people do it by week. Some people do it by month. Um, just... I not I typically only do it for for the for the day and like half of the day. Like I don't eat breakfast, I don't eat lunch, and I come I break my fast at five o'clock or something like that. But like it's just this it's just the practice of saying, hey, I'm not gonna eat this today. I'm not only am I not gonna eat this, I'm not gonna eat at all, and then I'm gonna replace that uh, time in which I would have been eating. I'm gonna get in the Word so I can get more of God because He's my He's my my bread. He He's my He's my living water. Um. 
here's another way that you can practice instant gratification, delay gratification versus instant gratification. <clears throat> Are you ready? <clears throat> watch your mouth, okay? Watch, watch what comes out of your mouth. That that will help you so much. It's the practice, okay? Because instant gratification says, I thought it, and I'm going to say it. Why? Because it feels good to say whatever it is I'm trying to say. Especially if we're, like, in a disagreement with somebody. Because mm-hmm. that's why your breath stinks. That's why you got a bald spot on the top of your head. That's why I don't know why like you. Okay? Instant gratification is saying all those things. Delayed gratification. This is actually not even gratifying yourself at all in this way. You're just saying, I'm just not going to say it. Um, a verse that comes to my mind when I think about this is James 119, 9, uh, 119 and 20. I know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of god why is it important to be quick to listen it's just like i'm just gonna hear what you have to say and i'm not gonna cut in with what i think i'm not gonna cut in with my words um because if we could be quick to listen and we can be slow to speak i guarantee you it will help you to be slow in being angry at somebody else why because a lot of times when we're cutting in to say things specifically to gratify our desires we're probably not listening and we're missing what they're actually trying to say. So now we're drawing conclusions and we're thinking things that they didn't even say. That's why we're that's why we're angry. But if we are quick to listen, we listen more than we speak, we're slow to speak, then I, I think that the natural result is that it helps us to be more slow in becoming angry, specifically when it comes to having conversations. And then lastly, um here here's the last one last way that you can practice delayed gratification is by making plans, including others in it. And then sticking to them, sticking to them. It's I think it's real simple to do that. Um, if you make plans, you say, "Hey, I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write some plans. I'm, I'm gonna set some goals. I'm gonna invite some people into them so that they can hold me accountable to that." Uh, and then sticking to it, and like even reward yourself. That's what delayed gratification is about. I'm deciding to put this off so that I can uh, I can do the hard work now, so I can enjoy the reward for it later. Uh, and so, okay, uh, let's get into the word of God. Okay, let's let's talk about let's talk about the word because that's actually what it is that's going to change us. Okay, again, we can't master our flesh with flesh. We got to master our flesh with something greater, which is the Spirit of God. He empowers us to do that. But y'all, I, I want to be clear here. Okay, this this is only applicable to those who are in the Spirit, who have placed faith in Jesus Christ who know that Jesus Christ has done all that is necessary for their salvation. It's the idea that I can't do anything to earn my salvation and I can't do anything to lose my salvation. And when we place faith in what Christ has done, God places his spirit in us and he empowers us to do something supernatural that we cannot do. And that is mastering our flesh. We master our flesh, not with flesh, but with spirit. Let me show you how in Ephesians chapter four, verses 22 through 24 so what's happening what's the context of this is paul is saying um the gentiles acted a certain way but you didn't you don't act like that no more because you are a follower of christ you don't act like that he specifically says in the verse prior this is not the way you learn christ you you don't learn christ like this you don't walk like the gentiles walk anymore why because you have a new life okay let's read verses 22 through 24 Paul says to the Ephesian church, he says, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God into righteousness and holiness. 
So check it out. Verse 22 says to put off your old self. Okay. Uh, the old self is what ha who you were before you were in Christ. That's the old self. And Paul is saying, you've got to take it off. You got to put it off. You got to put off your old self. It's kind of like um, when you take off uh, clothes or when you put on new clothes, you got to take off clothes that are already on. You got to put it off. You got to put off your old self in verse 22. And he, then he describes the old self. He says, your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life. Again, it's your old self. It's your former manner of life. That's what you used to do. And it, he says, it's corrupt through deceitful desires. This is where the flesh comes in. Your old self was corrupt through deceitful desires. You wanted things that you shouldn't have had, should not have had. Uh, the sin has defaced the image of God in us. Um, it was perfect, but sin has messed some things up. We still got the image of God, but it's, it's really kind of messed us up to our core. We had some desires that were deceitful that we should not have had. That was our old self. And then he says in verse 23, he says, if you're going to put off your old self, this is what you have to do in verse 23. He says, you've got to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Renewed in the spirit of your minds. How do you renew yourself in the spirit of your minds? Y'all, that's like a hyperlink to um, Romans 12. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I got that memorized too, but let me, I'm not going to try to quote it because I'm going to mess it up. So I'm going to just turn to it. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Y'all, we got to renew our mind. How do we renew our mind? We renew our minds by God's word through his spirit, okay? So Paul in Ephesians is telling us, man, you got to renew the spirit of your mind. The, the way that you do that is by going back back to the word of God, going back to the word of God, trusting in what he's done and, and resting in his resting in His power and his promise. That's how you renew your mind. Because your old, your old mind is saying, I got to do it my own self. Spirit says, no, uh, we gotta, we're going to rely on, on me, rely on the spirit. That's what he says in Ephesians, uh, renew, uh, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And then he says, after you renew yourself in, your, in the spirit of your minds, because you've got your old self, your old ways, your old ways have controlled your minds. Again, goes back to a couple episodes ago, whatever controls your ears controls your mind, whatever controls your mind controls your heart, whatever controls your heart controls your actions. But then he says in verse 23, after you've done all this, put on the new self. You, you put on the new self is created after the likeness of God. In true righteousness and holiness. Our new self is created after the likeness of God. This is how we overcome our flesh. It's, it's by the Spirit. It's by the Spirit of God. We, we take off the old self. See, because our old self, we're children of wrath by nature. That's our old self. But when we come to Christ, we place our faith in Christ, we are saying, I'm renouncing everything about me that is not like Christ. We're announcing that. We're putting it down. And you got to do this every day. And the only way that you can like effectively do this is by relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the only way you can effectively do it. Because, again, outside of the Spirit, it's just flesh. And you can't overcome flesh with flesh. You you can. Okay? Let's just say you did try and overcome the, the deceitful desires of your flesh. What ends up happening is... That, that flesh that you overcame your other flesh with is now in control and you're not being led by the Spirit. You'll be, you'll be um, 
controlled by another part of your flesh. And that can lead you into things like pride. That can lead you into things like legalism. Whatever. It's a spirit. Um, and verse 24 says so you got to put on the new self. It's the, the analogy is just real simple, okay? Just imagine you've been out doing some hard um, work, some hard um, exercise activity. And you've been working really hard and you sweating and you sweating in your dirty clothes. Guess what you're not about to do? You're not about to get in the shower in your dirty clothes. Why? Because it prevents you from actually getting clean and then putting on the new clothes. So what you have to do is you have to take off your old clothes that are sweat, that are sweaty. And then you get in the shower and you renew the spirit of your body, okay? And then you put on new clothes. Hopefully you've worked hard enough that you can you tired and you're going to sleep now. But that's that's the that's the whole point here. Um yeah, that's how we that's how we master our flesh. We master our flesh by the spirit. Why do we do it? Not so that we can stand out, not so we can look good. Why? Because Christ mastered his flesh so that he could have us, so that we could be had by him, so that we could have him. That's all I got. Boys that will become men, I really hope and pray that this this episode has blessed you. I know it's blessed me because God empowers you to master your flesh by his spirit. We'll see y'all next time. Peace.